And uh, Pardes is, uh, represents the highest esoteric level of Torah, where a person explores the, the mysteries and they get very close to Hashem. Uh, and we even quoted yesterday, Tosus was like, how do you get to the Pardes? Where is it? And Tosus said, well, they used the Shem Hashem and they went up to... So the question is, did, it, did they actually fly up there or did it just look like they went up there? That was what Tosus talked about. Um, but anyway... Uh, the question was, uh, what happened up there? And there's deep secrets hidden here. We're not going to have time to uncover all the secrets. Um, but uh, sometimes you, you see from the questions, like you get an idea of what in the world happened over here. But um, uh, we talked about the four people that went in. So one of the people that went in was Ben Zoma. And uh, Benzoma, uh, when he went in, uh, he was never quite the same afterwards. He was nifka. He was harmed. He was off balance. So, uh, so uh, what, uh, what, uh, what did they ask him up there? So, Sholo has Benzoma. Most people learn that this was while he was up there. Uh, the, uh, that's when they asked him. Uh, so they said the following, Can you castrate a dog? Can you imagine getting up to the pardes? And that's the question they ask you. <laughs> oh, when's the last? So, Simple answer. We, we don't do that kind of, you know, the, we, that's, uh, it's not what we believe in. We don't, we don't um, uh, at least for Jewish people, you're not allowed to castrate dogs. Okay. Uh, that's not... And that looks like the Okay, so the, no, don't. Uh, so um, a veterinarian has to know that. The question was, what were they? Uh, what were? What, what's the deeper meaning of that? I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but, uh, uh, there's a simple meaning that uh, korbanos uh, are usually not from a dog, and so you don't castrate a korban. A korban has to be perfect, and a dog will never be offered as a korban. So maybe it's not such a terrible thing to castrate a dog. Um, it could be that uh, they were saying that if the a dog is, it means that if the people are not producing uh, a high rate thing, so what's the problem of not reproducing them if they're so? No, we don't do it. Okay, next question. Shalu as Benzoma basulish ivru. If a virgin becomes pregnant, can she marry a kain gadol? So normally, that's you really can't uh, do. It doesn't work. Your no, woman is no longer a virgin if she became pregnant. So the question is. Is it possible for her still to be a virgin? So, So, uh, do we suspect, uh, in this case, uh, the, the question here, um, let's see some Rashi here on this last case. What does she say? Um, she says she still has her virginity, or meaning that she never had relations. Or Inami Kangadol Nasa, or maybe the Kangadol married a Velo Yadashima had no idea she was pregnant. And the Kangadol, when he married her, thought that he found her virginity. And then it turns out she's six months pregnant. Nimsa So Maula Kaima is allowed to take her because the Kangadol can only marry a woman who's a virgin. So uh, the question is how, how do we look at what happened? So there is the positive. Normally, if a woman has those tissues or whatever, then that means she's a virgin. So in this case, do we say that no, maybe there's a, she had relations and that's how she got pregnant. Now, normally, how would a woman still be a virgin? 
meaning still have those uh, tissues there, whatever, the, the skin there, and still be a virgin. So Shmuel says there is a way. To Omer Shmuel, Yochan, he live Kamabilis below dam. He says that uh, he actually was a doctor and he was very familiar with different, uh, uh, he, he knew the uh, anatomy well, and so he said he could do it. He knew how to, uh, uh, to have relations and the tech, I guess you get to a deeper question, what's considered a basula? Is a basula somebody who still has, uh, never had relations or is it somebody that still has that, uh, uh, the, uh, never bled? So Odilma, so would you assume that she's no longer a basula and maybe her husband was a shmuel type who knew how to uh, have those relations without affecting the basula? Or, Omer lehu, shmuel lo No, that can't be what happened over here. So then the only question is, so what could it be? Vachashinin, Gomorrah said, well, shema ba'ambachi ivra. Maybe there's another way to get pregnant. Maybe she had artificial insemination, which is fascinating. They didn't really know about that. The way they describe it is that the, she got pregnant in a bath. The, a man bathed in the water, and uh, he uh, uh, left his seed in there. And then when she bathed, maybe that's how it happened. But really, she's still a virgin. So Shmuel says that, that the seed only works when it comes, shoots out. And if it's floating in the bath, it's not shooting out. So the more Dilma here. Yeah. So the more said, maybe it shot out in the bath and it was like potent seed and happened to uh, still work. Right? Yes. This all seems to come for the whole question, though. This whole idea, even on both sides of this, this, this mm-hmm. idea. Well, I'm it, seems, I mean, it seems on one hand, we've had other places where it says that even Nishika consider, is considered um, relations and, mm-hmm. and would have all the prohibitions and all the punishments and mm-hmm. all that kind of illicit relationship and so mm-hmm. forth. And here it seems to say that, that if, you know, there wasn't the... It's very specific the to the kind Gadol. Then, then, then it's, she's still okay. For it's a very, it's a very specific halacha to the kohen Gadol. Yeah. In other words, you're correct. As far as, if let's say a woman, a person had relations with a married woman or, or a, a forbidden woman, and he didn't make her bleed or whatever, would that not, of course it would be considered relations. But our question is, for this halacha that a Kohen Gadol is supposed to marry a woman who has everything intact, um, would, uh, and to the point where once, if she's older and she loses her basulim, even if she wasn't through relations, that, that's a whole Shiloh, whether Kohen, that's Muchasetz, whether Kohen right. Gadol can marry. So it's specific to that. But I will tell you, I don't think this has anything to do with the, uh, the question that at hand. Uh, the Kohen Gadol is the, is the holiest Jew. And uh, the question is, uh, what's... Um, um, we're questioning on like a certain level of holiness if it can be tainted. You know, is it possible to be tainted or a certain... There's something going on over here is what I'm trying to say. The, the fact that we're asking about castrating a dog and a coin guttel marrying a virgin at the same time, there's, it's, it has, it's, it's, it's part of the... Uh, maybe that's where he became unhinged or something. I don't know. If it's <laughs> the, uh, it, but just it's, seems, it just seems like the Havamim would be that of course she'd be uh, tainted if, if she had relations, even if the hymen weren't broken. Uh, no, uh, could not. Uh, it, 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 it's a very specific halakha. The kind God who has to have marry a woman who has that intact. And as mm-hmm. long as it's intact, then it might be okay. Yeah. Uh, but at any rate, uh, the interesting thing is, is that they use this for part of the discussion about whether artificial insemination will be permitted, which is uh, uh, um, 
it's just uh, really uh, interesting that you could find a text that seems to be esoteric, and uh, in the end, it discusses a concept that modern medicine is familiar with. This, uh, but anyway, we're going to go right to Tarabana. So again, we're talking about Benzoma, the one that got unhinged. I don't like using it. I've got to find a better word. But at any rate, there was a story, the great Rabbi Yeshua Bechananya. He was standing on the high spot in Harabais, Baro Benzoma. And he sees Benzoma over there in the base of Migdush. And uh, Benzoma was the son of so-and-so with this, uh, He's a student. He was not the Rebbe. And he didn't stand for his Rebbe because he was so absorbed in what he was doing, he didn't notice him. So Amr Lo, so Rebbe Yeshua said to him, What are you doing here? Where are you going? So Ben Zoma says, Well, so far how you see. My mind was floating. I was floating. I, I was wondering. And I was always wondering, between the upper waters and the lower waters, the only difference is three fingers. Just like a bird that hovers, it hovers, and it doesn't touch them, it's right near them. So when he heard Ben Zoma say this, Amr Yeshua told his other students, Adayin Ben Zoma uh, Benzoma's still outside. He didn't come home yet. He's, he's, not, uh, he, <laughs> he's not all there. He's not all there, exactly. Okay. In the he's in the ozone, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, well, you might say this is a very logical question to be knowing the difference between the upper waters and the lower waters. It says the spirit of Hashem hovered over the earth. That was only on the first day. It was not separated until the second day. It wasn't the problem that he was contemplating a verse in the Torah. You could have, you could, that's fully okay. But he was out of order. <laughs> that was the problem. Uh, the comma, how big was it? Omer of Akhabar it's like a thread. Rabbanu Omer Kigud is a gambla. It's like between one board and another. Marzutri Tem Ravasi Omer Ketre Gambi de Parsi Adadi. It's like two, two, uh, um, what are Galimis? Two, uh, two edges of uh, two boards that are next to each other. Um, like two cups. Um, okay, so the, this again is the, the part of this question that was bothering uh, Ben Zoma and what the real answer was, but it's a mystical question, so that's why to us it's hard to know what the difference is, the space between the two waters and the, what it means. Next, uh, we get to the fourth sage, uh, listed who made it up to the Pardis. And uh, we don't even uh, really call him by name. We just call him Acher, the other one. Uh, it could be because uh, wicked people we don't mention by name, or maybe that was his name, Acher. Uh, so it says that Acher was Kotzitz Benetios. He cut off the saplings. Um, it, the, uh, the, the Pardes is a, uh, an orchard where things are growing and they're sprouting, and it's a place of great uh, fruits. So it's describing Acher as going up and like cutting the trees down. He's like, a, he's, he cuts the trees. Um, other people learned that what happened was that once he left, uh, he, um, he had like a hatred towards Yiddish. He cut down the trees like he, he killed the young children, students. Um, 
there's gonna, we're going to see in a second that he had a lot of anguish that he left and couldn't find his way back. And uh, the, the method in which he became sure that Hashem was not going to make it easy for him to do teshuva was, uh, they, they used this method very often in the Gemara, they would ask young children what they were learning. And when uh, we're going to see when a young child quoted him uh, the pusik that it's, uh, it, it disturbed him so much that he killed the messenger. So kotsis minitias means he, he killed a young scholar and uh, he never really got over that. So let's see. I'll have a cousin. Mm-hmm. It also, I mean, there's always the analogy of Torah in a tree. It's Chaim Ilamach So after he went through what he did, and it says the analogy of him cutting down the trees in the orchard, it was cutting down Torah as we know it. I see. Okay, that's possible. Yeah, so that's a custom. And it says the following Omar al Titanes Pikalaktis Viserecha. He says, Don't uh, be careful what you say. Mahi, what happened? What did he see up there? The answer was Chazi Mitchan. Still, no, you're not supposed they say you're not supposed to pronounce angels' names. So this angel, uh, they sometimes call him Matat, because they don't try because you don't want to pronounce the whole name. He, he's a famous angel called Matat. Or, uh, but so he saw all the way up there. That's like the uh, the, the special agent. He uh, actually uh, uh, The Bach adds here Rishuta says Okay, so basically, up in the highest point of heaven, he sees the angel Matat, the Sadevan Rishus, that was given permission to sit in the presence of the Almighty, and he was allowed to write uh, uh, the, to defend the Jewish people, to write good things for the Jewish people. Did, uh, uh, he was the, the defense attorney. So since he was the defense attorney, he was given permission, that's beloved in Hashem's eyes, even though normally no one else sits in front of the king, he was allowed to sit. So Amr, he said, how could that be? He said, this person is sitting in front of the Almighty. We learned that when you're in the presence of the king, there's no such thing as sitting. And there's no showing the back. You don't, you, you're not even allowed to turn around. You know, when you walk back from a king, you have to walk face back. You don't show him the back of your neck. Uh, so the only explanation could be Bez Rishu is saying, you know, maybe he's uh, the father and the son. You know, that's, uh, he's, there's two gods. There's Hashem and Chasrishol, and there's Matat. So uh, this uh, Afkua, um, so this, this is what Acher, um, Acher started believing in dualism. Uh, you know, in two gods. Because uh, he, he, uh, he saw up there that Matat was sitting. And the answer, though, was he really missed it. And the answer is, is that because he was doing something for the benefit of Klau Yisrael, he was allowed to sit. Because the only thing that's as great as a Kodesh Baruch Hu is his love for Klau Yisrael. <laughs> so it, it's just he didn't know the pshat. But he thought, oh, there's someone else sitting up there. There must be two forces up there. There's, uh, there's Hashem and there's Matat. So uh, now, uh, well, the uh, Matat apparently goofed. Because, uh, because of him, Acher uh, uh, misunderstood. All he had to do was stand at attention. And so uh, they have a way of punishing angels up there. So after the Matat, they took Matat out, and they whacked him with 60 thunderbolts. They gave him 60, they gave him 60 lashes. Even, you know, Jews only get 39 lashes. He got 60 lashes with a pulsa denura, with fiery lashes. 
Uh, Omer Lay, my time, he said, why when you, he says, Isi, when you saw him, lo kamti mekame, why didn't you stand up? He saw you lay reshusa, lameka susa. It doesn't say why he did that. Uh, but he was given permission at this point, lamimke skusa da'acher, to remove acher's mitzvahs. Um, basically, after acher rebelled, acher refused, uh, uh, the way you learn it is he refused to see the value in defending Klau Yisrael. He, he lacked in his love of Avas Yisrael. And that's the, so therefore, he wasn't able to understand that Hashem would have allowed Matat to write this custom of Klau Yisrael. Somebody who, who doesn't have a love for Klau there are people that just, they, they don't have, that's, that's such a part, that's, a, that's part of our avoda is to learn to love Klau Yisrael, to love our fellow Yidin. So at any rate, Yatsu at some point, Acher uh, went off the path, and Abbasko came out and said, Shuvabanim Shovim, that uh, this call comes out every day where Hashem says, Come back, uh, wayward uh, children, except for Acher. Everyone else I want back. Acher, forget it. For Omar, Hoyo, the Itcher, the Hugavra. But there's the Bach had something here, too. After it says, Ma'amar, it says, Sheyarat, Odi, Umarabi. Uh huh. So he said, Since that person, meaning himself, blew it, so might as well have a fun time. Lefik Listani Bahayalma. He said once he understood that it was too late for him, he said, Might as well go out and enjoy this world. He went out to Tarbisra. One of the things he did, Nafak Eshkakzona, just to give an idea of who he was, he went and he found a prostitute, Tava, and he asked her for her services. She said, Vilava Alisha Benavuyat? aren't you Alisha Benavuya? You're the rabbi. I'm not, you know, she, he called her up and said, this is the wrong address. You're the rabbi. You can't be. So, Akar Pulga Mameshra B'Shabbos. And uh, he uh, pulled out a, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a vegetable. He pulled out a, uh, a pulga, a, a radish. He pulled out a radish and he gave it to her. So, Amra, she said, Akarhu, this is someone else. The great Elisha Benavuya would never violate the Shabbos. <laughs> So that's where he got his name, Acher. So, but there's something going on over here, pulling out the radishes. Um, so again, I think it means that uh, that's what the Kotzitz Benetias. He he pulled, he destroyed things. He he um, uh, so uh, uprooted. Yeah. yeah. Have you come across anybody that, that relates this to Christianity? I mean, we've got you know two different Mishuyos. We've got virgin births. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, yes, 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 yes. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's yeah. That, um, I I didn't see anybody say it, but there's there. Uh, um, that was from those. It's not just Christianity. There were many ancient forms of Christianity too that were there. In other words, uh, they till they figured out they believe in three, they believe in two. You know what uh, the virgin birth, or it took them a while till they arrived at what they have today. So, um, but they, oh, the, the, a lot of those ancient sects were active in the uh, in that area. But yeah, I think so. I, I don't know much about Christianity, but I think there's something in the New Testament about Yashka and, and Azona as well. Uh, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true too. So, um, uh, so uh, that's the story. So, Shol Acher is Now we're going to get a few stories about Acher. Now, most of the sages stayed away from him, especially after he did what he did. But Rav Meir. Uh, still studied from him. He was a brilliant sage. I mean, he knew he was in the Pardis. All the one of the four and all of mankind that made it up to the Pardis, one was Acher. And where do you have a chance to get, to learn from a Rebbe like that? 
So uh, Rav Meir actually learned from Acher. So Shol Acher es Rav Meir. La Acher shiotze tarbis ra. Uh huh. Am I mistaken? But who who do we say Acherim is? Is that Rabbi Meir? Uh, it might be. It might. Sometimes in the Gemara we quote Acherim. Uh, so we have Acher and Acherim. Is, is there <laughs> some connection between the fact that Rabbi Meir continued studying with? Uh, Acher, that Chazal were not happy with him, and in places he's called Acherim? I remember somewhere in the Gemara, it did talk about Acherim Omrim means that it's, it's some yeah, rabbi they want to be attributed. It I, might have been Yesh Omrim also. Yeah, I don't remember clearly. It's possible like that. I, I don't remember clearly. That's, uh, we'll have to keep our eyes open. One of the value of Daf, sooner or later we'll get to it again if we remember I, the. I, I, yeah. I know that mostly he's called Acherim, sometimes Rabbi Meir. Uh, I, I never made the link before, but it could be. Mm -hmm. It sounds it like to say, yeah. It somewhere about that. Okay, so he asked him, what's written, there's this Pasuk in Kohelis that uh, there's, there, there's uh, opposite holiness in Anahol, there's always parallel, parallelisms. There's parallels in life. Everything he created, he created a parallel. Uh, this I, I think Dr. Yaffe, by the way, again, this has to do with the dualism that the, the, he saw Matad and he said there's two. There, there were a lot of people believed in in the two, um, uh, father and the son, or whatever, or the uh, the uh, dualism. So, so Boraharim, he created mountains and he created valleys. Boriyamim, he created rivers, he created the seas. Uh, so uh, that was. Chazal wasn't too happy with that, and there's a whole anti-Zugot. Yes, yes. That's also true. We try to avoid that, the, the dual. I mean, there's only one Hashem. To us, uh, we, everything is one. The, the Christians, uh, some of them believe in Satan. Uh, they believe in Hashem and the Satan. And they believe that Hashem does the good. And there was even a conservative rabbi wrote a book about that. And, the, you know, that why do good things happen to bad? And it was Apicorsus. But he just was not learned enough to realize that he was quoting paganism, uh, that there's Hashem and there's the Satan. We believe that everything comes from Hashem. Uh, that uh, the, the idea that there's, uh, the evil comes from some other force, chas v'shalom, that, that's the idea that there's a parallel force in the world. Well, no, ain't no milvado. There's nothing else but Hashem. Hashem elokein, Hashem echad. That's the, it's just we live in a Christian world, so it's easy to get confused by that. But at any rate, um, he said like this, uh, there's no parallel. There's nobody parallel Hashem. <laughs> there's the good and the bad. He says it works like this. What does the Pasuk mean, the parallelism? Every person is born with two, two tickets. He's got a front row seat uh, to heaven, and he's also got a front, he's got uh, uh, very good tickets to Gehenna, to H-E-L-L. And, and the question is, which one is he going to uh, use? Which of those two tickets? If he merits it, now, there'll be empty seats. So, like sometimes you get in a plane and you hope that there's nobody sitting in the middle seat. So if you merit it, you'll get your seat and you can put your stuff on the middle seat. You'll get your Baganadin because he's go he went to the other place. This guy of Russia, on the other hand, if somebody's guilty, he'll take his seat and he'll take his buddy's seat in Gehenna. All the seats have to be filled. This idea exactly how does that like work? Limit, it sounds like limited seating. Yeah. Capacity. So, Omer Sharsha, Mikra, Gamsa Dikim, Sib, Lakane Bartsim, 
Mishana Yoshu and Gabi Yoshoim, see Mishana Shivron Shivron. Okay. Mayor. I'd love to spend more time on that. Sure, when someone else asks Rameyer, now, the question is, uh, did, they, did Acher ask when he was still, uh, he was on, for many years, he was a sage. And, and he went to the Pardes. So, uh, so he's given class for many years. And then afterwards, he went out. So this particular question he asked after he went out. What does it mean over here? You, you, you will not value these things. Omer Lo, he said to him, Torah is very valuable. It's as difficult to acquire as pure gold and uh, valuable gems. But guess what? But it breaks just like crystal. They had very, they had very valuable crystal, but it, it, like, uh, it broke very, it's extremely fragile. And so uh, Torah is like that. It's very, it costs very, it's, it's achieved at great expense. And it could be lost very easily. Really, what was going on is Rav Meir was trying to bring his Rebbe back with his these teachings. So he said, ah, "Your Rebbe, Rebbe, uh, not your, not my Rebbe, your Rebbe, your Rebbe." Rebbe Kiva didn't say that. So he said that uh, gold and silver, even though they broke, they can be fixed. Even a scholar. Even if he goes off, Yeshua Takana. So he got him in the trap. He said, you know, the teaching of the Torah says clearly that a, a good person, if he makes a few mistakes, no, it's not, it's not too late. So he said to Acher, maybe you should come back. I heard from, from behind the curtain. He had access to the, the curtain. I heard from behind the curtain that tshuva is for everybody else, but for me, it's too late. It's not possible. He was riding a horse on Shabbos. Could that really have been shot? No. That would be a misinterpretation. Yeah. He was riding on the horse. Uh, that, that was, uh, the Chaim Shmuel was following him on Shabbos. He was, he was riding a horse. And Rameir was walking behind him on Shabbos to learn Torah. So Omer Meir Chazulach Recha. He said, uh, so the Rebbe Acher, who was violating the Shabbos on the horse, told Rameir, you better go back. I've been paying attention to how far my horse has been walking. He passed the Tkum Shabbos. He was a sharp cookie, Acher. He definitely, so Omer Leh, he said, I should go back. Rebbe, you should go back. Didn't I already tell you? He went and he grabbed him and said, You're coming with me to the base medrash. So they saw a young child learning a pasik. He said, The kid said, Hashem says, For you wicked ones, you'll never find peace. Let's go to a different yeshiva. Let's try. Let's, let's go there. Let's try a different place. So they brought him to a different uh, base medrash. Amr leilenu kapas. Tell me your pastor. Even if I wash wash out the stain with really good tide and bleach, too late. The stain will never go away. He said, "Ah, this place is no good." Let's go to a different one. Uh, before we turn the page, so this tosos here tells the rest of the story of Acher, um, and. Uh, 
Yeah, but I don't think we're going to have time today. But uh, the, uh, uh, the, the question is, uh, um, what, uh, so the, the, the sages were really perplexed how somebody could be a scholar with the brilliance of Acher and taste the Torah and, uh, and go the other way. So uh, the, most people learn that a building, uh, when like a building, let's say like the building in Florida fell down, an apartment building, or they, they try to go back and there must have been a flaw in the construction because regular buildings don't fall. It just doesn't happen like that. It just never, I mean, we've had so many sages throughout history, uh, nobody leaves. In other words, when you discover the delight of Torah, there's nothing else that compares to it. There's no, especially somebody who, who reached Pardes. Like, it's unbelievable. So there must have been a flaw. Sounds like he was depressed. <laughs> he, took, he took everything, like, personal, like every verse or everything. Well, that was all after, but what happened yeah. that made him fall in the beginning? So um, there must have been a flaw in the beginning that made it so that when something happened later, that made him fall. So the question is, what is that flaw? So Tosos has three versions. Uh, there's one story that when he was born at his bris, uh, that uh, um, uh, that uh, the, uh, um, the his father wasn't l'shem shemayim. His father wanted him to be like the rabbi because he was impressed with the, uh, but uh, that it wasn't l'shem shemayim. There's another version that he saw the tongue. The Romans assassinated Chutzpitz, was the great teacher of Torah, and he saw his tongue uh, being dragged around. Uh, I don't know if they cut off the tongue. But when he saw the tongue, he just couldn't imagine such a Torah scholar. There's another version that uh, there was somebody that climbed a tree because their parents wanted them and they left the mother bird. And those are the two mitzvahs that you have long life. And they fell down the tree. So all three of those chatim are in this tosus. In, in your spare time, take a look. Let's they, go weiter. And so uh, meanwhile... Acher was going to try, uh, Remer didn't give up. He said, we've got to find the one base medrash that's going to give Acher hope. So they came to another base medrash. Omer le, tell me your pasuk. Omer le, ves shedud matasa ki tilbushni ki tari adezav ki tikr afuke necha l'shav tisvi. Whatever you do, it's not going to help. <laughs> so Ayla Bekinishtak, he didn't give up. He brought him to a different base medrash. Adi Yala Tleser Bekinishtak. Till he brought him to 13 different study halls. Lakulu Pasco Ki Hai Gavna. Every single child was learning a Pasik. Acher, for you, it's too late. Labasra, when he got to the very last one, Omele Pasuli Pusecha, he told them, uh, he tried this again. He said to one of the young scholars, Tell me your Pasik. Omele Larasha, Omele Ki, Malachal Saper Huki. To the wicked one, Hashem says, how dare you uh, mention my Torah? Hahu Yanuka, that child, having Megam Gambelishna, he had a list. He, had, he um, was, what do we call it when you speak and you can't get the words out? Stutter. stutter. He was a stutterer. So Ishtama Kame de Omerla, instead of the word Lishna, it sounded like he said Alisha. He heard his name. So Omer Elohim, he said, Alisha, Omer, that Hashem said for you, Alisha, what you know? We don't want you. So ikadiyami sakina havebiyada. Some people say that Acher had a knife, vikara, and he killed that child, that student. Vishabdilatleisha and he sent pieces of that student to the thirteen study halls. And ikadiyami, he said, "I havebiyada sakina." He said, "If I had a knife, havekarina, I would kill you." You know, for stuttering. Uh, but the bottom line was Acher blew it. Ki noyach nafshe de Acher. 
Uh, now, later on, Acher died. So Amri, lo maiden ledina velo almed asi. Now, they weren't sure what to do with him uh, when he was getting ready. Uh, uh, he can't go to judgment because he has the merit of Torah. You know, Torah is the insurance policy. When you teach Torah, learn Torah, he learned legitimate Torah for many years. So they can't take him to Torah in judgment because he has all the Torah merit. On the other hand, we can't let him in the world to come. But he sinned. So what should we do? So Amr Rameir said, Rameir Paskind, take him to Gehenim. And, you know, burn out the bad and he'll come to the world to come. And he said, when it'll be my time to die, I'll cause smoke to come up from his grave so that uh, he'll, uh, then, then it'll be atoned. Uh, there's two things. Some people, they are so bad that they just, they disappear. You know, the Gehenim is that they're just gone. Whereas some people, they're, they're, they have to get atonement for their sins, and after their sins are atoned, their good part can go to Ganadin. So Rameir was saying, you know, let's let him have some smoke, and then let him burn in that place for a little while, and then we'll, Mirza uh, Shem, uh, after he dies, he'll merit to bring his Rebbe to Ganadin. Um, and there's a certain logic to that. How could he be in uh, Ganadin and quoting his Rebbe, who's in Gehenna? Uh, my Rebbe down there said, you know, so he needed to have his Rebbe up with him. So that's what he was saying. So Rameir died. Sure enough, the, the smoke came out of Acher's grave. Rabbi Yochanan wasn't impressed. He said, you don't make your Rebbe burn. Right? So that's not, not so impressive to send your Rebbe to get him to burn him out. So, uh, uh, he said, there was one amongst us we were unable to, uh, and you weren't able to save him. I mean, this was a one-time thing. That, uh, were, isn't there a way to save him? Uh, um, he said, if it would be me, uh, I would make the, the, the smoke stop. So, and sure enough, the smoke stopped. In other words, it was like a, a double combination of the death of Rav Meir and the death of Rav Yochanan. Finally, the uh, Rav uh, Acha reached full atonement. Hahus Padina, there was a funeral speech. He said that even the, um, he was amazed that Rav Yochanan was able to pull somebody out of Gehenna. Gehenna has guards. So he said, even the guard to Gehenna, he was not able to uh, keep Rabbeinu from pulling him out of Gehenna. So again, what Rameir did was he, he, he davened that Acher get Gehenna so that at least he get his sins forgiven. But he couldn't uh, get him removed from Gehenna. And Rabbi Yochanan, when he died, he got him removed from Gehenna. It was a two-stage process. If he didn't go to Gehenna, where would he go? Just, uh, there's a question whether right. they, like, they, they burn and they, their ashes float around the world or they... Uh, or they're just totally uh, like disappear. Right. Apparently, there's some other place that it's even worse than Gehenim. Korais <laughs> means holding pattern. Yeah, uh, that's like means you don't go to Gehenim, or you do go to Gehenim, and you just get cleaned, and then you go to. Usually, the they house. just get cleaned, and they go to the world okay, of comfort. So, yeah. so, so, so you could still end up being. Yeah, a, yeah. Very few box. people totally lose. I mean, most most people have some good that's left after they uh, you know burn out the bad. Most people do. I, I, 
I don't know about, uh, you know, the... But they prayed for him to go there. That was the lesser of two evils. Correct. That's right. At least that's the path forward. Right. Right. That's right. But I hear that. Bito Shalacher. Now, Acher had a daughter. Asla Kamei Rebbe. And uh, she came in front of Rebbe, and she was poor. Omele Rebbe, Parnistani, help me out. Omele, bas miyad. Which daughter are you? Bito Shalacher. I'm Acher's daughter. Omele, adai, nyesh mezera ba'olam. How could there be a descent of that wicked uh, good for nothing? The daughter said, Remember his Torah. Don't remember the bad stuff. A fire came down and singed his chair. He understood that uh, in heaven they weren't happy that he um, didn't take too much pity on Acher. And he said, this Acher, if Hashem even stands up for Acher, who was, uh, uh, was evil at the end of his life, can you imagine how he stands up for those that praise him? Acher's Kamvakama. Rameir Hekigamer Torah. Who, uh, where did Rameir, who is Rameir's Rebbe? Mepumad Acher. He learned from Acher. It says that uh, uh, you seek out wisdom from the words of a Kohen. Because the Kohen is a messenger from God. If your teacher is like an angel of Hashem Svakos, then you can learn from him. But if your Rebbe is not a good person, don't learn from someone who's not a good person. So how could Rav Meir have had a Rebbe who went off the derech? Uh, you're only supposed to have a Rebbe who you feel is a, like a Malach Hashem. Um, he found a different passage. It says like this. It says, uh, uh, listen to your Rebbe and, and find my knowledge. It doesn't say the way they see it. In other words, you can sift through the information and find, good, find truth. Rechinia says, and forget certain things. So it implies that there is a way to learn from the wicked. It's a contradiction. When you're older, sometimes you can sift. You can take the good and leave the bad. When a person's younger, they shouldn't learn from a bad Rebbe because they, they won't be able to distinguish. Rav Meir would eat the good, Vishadi Shikla. He would eat the fruit and throw away the pits, Livroy. Meaning that he knew how to, to take the good and throw away the bad. Dorish Rava might exceed, Goddess of Gozi, and I went to the garden. Why is it like a Tamukhakam compared to a nut? A nut can be muddy and dirty, but the inside stays pure, Av Tamukhakam. A scholar, even though he makes mistakes, ain't Taras and Nemesis. His Torah doesn't get spoiled. He's like a nut in a shell. There's a certain part of him that stays pure. Ashke Rabbi Barshila Eliyahu. Rabbi Barshila found Eliyahu. What's Hashem doing these days? He's saying over the teachings of all the rabbis. But Rav Meir's teachings are not mentioned in heaven. The answer is because Rameir got teachings from Acher. 
Remeir found a pomegranate and he ate the inside and threw away the um, threw away the crust. So Omale Hashtakomer Meir Bini. And so uh, Elio said, that's a good point. So, uh, so from now on, he's going to say, Mayor, my son, Omer. Um, so, and uh, uh, the, one of the teachings he said is, You know what, we will, we will stop here. Uh,